Welcome everyone this first service in this year to the place of worship. We have asked and the brothers willing, uh, Brother Bob Pavkov from Bethlehem is willing to serve us out of the word. Let's be in prayer for the brother that the Lord may use him. Let us turn to the Lord before we look into, the, into his word. Our merciful Heavenly Father, we have gathered ourselves together in this wonderful, beautiful day set aside for us for a day that we could gather and to worship Thee. And as we realize it is the first day of another new year, we look back and thank You, Heavenly Father, that You have provided so many blessings for us. And now as we face another new year, we put our trust and our cares upon Thee. And as we would have gathered this morning, we pray a, a blessing upon our gathering, we commit ourselves into thy care and keeping, and we pray that a blessing from thee, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. With the help of the Lord, I would like to uh, ask that we would turn this morning to the 16th chapter of St. Luke, and may we gather our hearts together and read God's Word. St. Luke chapter 16, and I'd like to begin reading with verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed of the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tipper of his finger in, in water, and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which could pass from hence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that Thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, <clears throat> that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I've read the remainder part of the chapter. Let us kneel down and worship. O oh Lord, our God, the Eternal One, the Lord God over the dead and the living, the Lord God over time and space, all these is thy creation created for thy good pleasure 
And unto us it's given, O Lord, to know this, to be reminded of this. Unto us it's given that thy holy will is revealed unto us in this word that is before us, that we may order our life, that we may find out what our purpose is here, O Lord, that we may find our place in worshiping thee. O Lord, may every heart willingly bow, not only the knees, but the heart willingly bow before the Almighty, the one is to be worshipped, the one that is jealous and will give his glory to no one else, but he is God, and yet who has provided a way that fallen man can be adopted to become children of the Most High God, and that thou will share glory with us. O Lord, what an offering. But who is persuaded of this? O Lord, who realizes that whatever we do does matter and that does take interest, that does see and know, yet we may choose. Oh, may thy word go forth in its simplicity and its truth, touch the hearts, stir up the souls, Make us realize, and those that slumber to awaken, and those that resist also may hear that one day all knees will bow. O Father in heaven, we thank thee for this place for, that we have gathered many times, for the quietness of it, where thy word can be proclaimed, O Lord, where we may hear that when we leave this place, O Lord, we may act upon it and not soon forget. Deal thou with us according to thy great mercy, love and compassion in Christ Jesus, because we cannot stand before a just God, a holy God that judges righteously. We all need thy mercy, and mercy is being offered through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yes, who came as a little babe, who was born a child, but the Son was given, the eternal Son, the Son that must be worshipped because he is God. O Father, anoint the brother and strengthen him to speak thy word that he may go forth, provide thou his need. Thou knowest all the needs that are gathered, yet thou wilt look to the one that humbles himself, that is of a humble and contrite spirit and a broken heart. And thou hast said that wilt in no wise reject such a sacrifice. O Father, what else can we bring but to humble ourselves? before thee the Almighty. Bless thou also the children, O Lord, that the truth be implanted in them, O Lord, for they are going to face a changing, a rapidly changing world, O Lord. As the years go by and as things change and we look back, O Lord, truly, O Lord, what are they going to face? But thou art able to uphold, to supply their need, those that trust thee, those that humble themselves before thee. Be also with the sick and the lonely, the discouraged, O Lord, that they may look to thee for help, not to others, O Lord. Though thou dost use hands and feet of the body of Christ to minister unto the needs, but truly help only comes from thee, dear Father. And now we commit this service into thy care and keeping and ask of a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. This chapter we have portion of this chapter that we have read here in St. Luke uh, 
as the Lord has laid it upon my heart to um, to read this. Because I believe that now that we have started another new year, 19 or 2012, we look back on all the things that we uh, experienced last year and there's many things that took place. Uh, it seems that um, in the last year there's been actually quite a few baptisms, which is encouraging to us. And the reason I bring that up is because I believe that people are realizing more and more that we are entering, are in fact, in the latter times. There's no question there. I believe that we can all agree that we are in the latter days. And so I find it a responsibility as a minister of the gospel that I've, I've been in the ministry for many years. Uh, they no longer necessarily need any more ministers in West Akron, and so I don't uh, minister there. But when someone asks me to preach the gospel message, I can't find a reason to refuse that. And so that's why I find myself here this morning. But I find a responsibility to call our attention to what is coming for all of us. This chapter here that our Lord and Savior writes about is this rich man and the poor man, the, the beggar. It's, a, it's an old familiar story. And it's one of the places that the Bible talks directly to us about hell. Now, one of the things when I was a young man, my mother, my, my father was a minister in the gospel, and I heard a lot of sermons. But I want to tell you something. Nothing stuck to me like what my mother said. If you don't repent and become a child of God, you're going to burn in hell forever. You think about that. Burn in hell forever. That always bothered me. I had excuses. I postponed. I wanted to get married. I went and got married. Started raising a family. And finally, the Lord spoke to me when my uncle was killed in an automobile accident. He caught my attention because I did a lot of traveling. And that could happen to me very easily. But I wasn't ready. You know, as we came here, we was coming down Route, uh, I think it's 400, uh, the highway we came on, and there was must have been some sort of a church there. I didn't see anybody there, but great big sign says, "Christ is coming. Are you ready?" And that's what I believe we need to look into this new coming year. Are we ready? Are we ready to meet our God and our Savior? We no one knows when He's coming. We look back on last year, the man said in, in sometime in May of whatever it was going to come and it was going to happen, and guess what? It didn't happen. He didn't know. He thought he did. But we don't know when He's coming. And so there's an, an urgency, if you will, that we are ready when it comes. And why should we be ready? For this very simple reason that we read about here. That what we're going to face one of these days. And that place that we're going to end up eventually, whether we live to be 
an old age or whether we die when we're young. It doesn't make any difference. One of these days, we're going to be gone and there's going to be no more opportunity to change our status with our God. And you're either going to be one of two things. You're either going to be a a, a born-again believer or you're going to be a sinner that didn't make the decision to follow the Lord. Now, we, we read here about the rich man and Lazarus, and it doesn't say anything about uh, uh, the rich man was, was uh, uh, he flat out didn't, didn't trust God. He, he didn't uh, believe. He didn't go to church. It doesn't say anything about that. And it doesn't say anything about the beggar. It doesn't say he came to the, to the apostolic Christian church and he was baptized and he was born. It doesn't say anything about that. All it says is he died and he was taken into the bosom of Abraham. And the rich man died and was buried. That's all it says. That's the only information that God gives us here. And so, we, we read on there that as, as the rich man found himself in this place of torment, it says there, he said, send Lazarus that he might dip his finger and cool my tongue. Just a little bit of water. I'm, I'm, this is hot. Now let me, let me draw something to your attention here. He was in this torment. And that's nothing more than, than hell. Putting it bluntly. And he was, it was hot. And he just wanted some relief from this. But guess what? Sorry about your problem. There's no relief. And so Abraham says, well, we're sorry. We can't, uh, can't do this. There's a gulf fixed between us. And God saw to that. That they that are there cannot come here. And they that are here cannot go there to help you. So what that tells me is, this man that was in this torment, he was aware. He knew that he was here in Abraham there. And in uh, Lazarus in his bosom. So he was aware of that. So don't think you're going to go to hell and you're just going to be, you know, you're going to burn up and it's going to be all over. No, i got news for you. It's going to last forever and ever and ever. And as long as you can say forever, that's how long it is. Nobody knows even how long that is. Think about it. How long is eternity? How long is forever? A long time, folks. long time. And none of us, none of us here want to be caught unconverted, unsaved. Everybody you ever talk to, they want to go to heaven. Why? Because they know that there's something worse waiting for them. But it seems like some people just don't, don't, don't matter. It ain't going to happen to me, maybe. I, I don't know. That's the way I felt. It wasn't going to happen to me. I was young, you know. I, was, I wasn't going to go. But it was always in the back of my mind. If something should happen to me. My uncle was killed like that. It was an automobile accident. It was, it was coming home. There was a whole family in there. The only one that survived, the, uh, let's see, there was six. Eight of them in the car. 
The only one that survived was his wife and his youngest daughter. The rest of them all, when they went over the bankment, they hit his oak tree and killed them all instantly, but those two. It happens, and it happens quickly. You don't have a second chance sometimes. Whether they were converted, I really don't know. All I know is my uncle did counsel with the ministers for some to some degree, how much I don't even, I don't know, I never knew. But I would hope that. But because of his death, sudden death, all I know is there was nine of us then later that was converted because of that. Just because life can come so quickly, abrupt so quickly, end, you're done. All it takes is one guy come across the stop street and you don't make it, and you're right there. And you're done. That's how quick it can happen. And so that's why I find it important and necessary for, for you to think about what's, what your future is going to be. You don't know it. You may not even make it home for supper tonight. And we might live to be 75 years old. We don't know when the Lord's coming. We don't know. But what we do know is this, what we have read here together, that place called hell is, is treacherous. It's, it's some place that it's hard to even comprehend how, what a place that is. But you better believe. And so the rich man said, well, okay, um, just, just send Lazarus there to, and warn them. Warn my brother. I've got five brothers. Go to my father's house and warn them. And Abraham says, no. They have the prophets. They have, and, and that's like us today. We have the word. We have, we have the word in, in umpteen um, dialects and, and languages and translations. And there's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. For you to say you can't read, you, you can't understand it, you can't, whatever your excuse is, it's not going to work. I'm telling you, it's not going to be. It's not going to save you. You need to read and understand what it's about. Know what you need to do. We got ministering brothers here, elders, that are willing to counsel and, and give you direction and teach you, so you so you you're not lost. But you got to make that step. You got to make that desire. You got to want to do this. And the year 2010 or 12 is coming. This is the time to do it. Come it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Let me read you a little bit about that torment place. Just maybe help your memory a little bit. It's found in uh, Revelation chapter 14. And here it talks about those that would worship the beast, and that that can easily come. That's not far away. Those that worship the beast, and what's going to happen to them? Here's what it says. And if any man shall worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead, or his hand, this is part of verse 9, and it's beginning with 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out, without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. 
and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and who worship whosoever receiveth the mark in his of his name. Those are the ones that are going to end up in everlasting fire. And so it just and where it says here and the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. I don't know if you know what that means. But let me kind of help get a better understanding maybe. You see people people think that God is all love. And that's true. God is love. There's no question. The Bible makes it very plain and clear. But we've got to understand something here. That God's wrath is going to come. As much as He loves us, as much as He provides and everything else for us, His wrath is coming. And the reason it is coming is because God cannot tolerate sin. And one of these days, He's going to do away with it. And how He's going to do away with it is through hellfire. I've had people tell me, oh, I can't believe God God would do that. No. God's love, wait a minute. That's true. He is love. But don't be mistaken. Do not misunderstand that. His wrath is coming. For those... And you know... You don't have to be one of these that have worshipped the beast, necessarily. All you have to do is reject the plan of salvation. And you will be, rest assured, with the beast and those that are in hellfire. That's all you have to do. Just reject the plan of Jesus Christ. And rest assured, there's no way out. Now, let me read to you also... The ones that will be there. They they won't go to hell. They're going to go to heaven. And the Bible makes that plain. It's found in Revelation 20. Beginning with verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to his works. And the, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Whose ever name is not written in the book of life, that's who's going to go to this hot place. Now, how do I know my name's written? If you believe in Jesus Christ, and if you obey God's word, And if you want to follow the ordinances which the Apostolic Christian Church has, and you're willing to repent, become baptized in the likeness of Jesus Christ, buried with Him, 
and you become His child, and you live a godly life, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will be led by the Holy Spirit, and you can live according to God's Word in obedience to the commandment. Now, that takes love. That takes the love of Jesus Christ. Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's our responsibility. And that's the works that it talks about here. Works are not going to save us. But if we believe, if we believe, and what does that entail? It's not just, I believe and now I'm going to be saved. No, no. It's a whole lot more than that. It's more than that. You have to take the whole Bible, all of the teachings that it gives us to become one of God's children and to follow in His ways, to walk in His footsteps. And all that entails, you can read it in the epistles. Love one another. Serve one another. Be obedient to God's Word. Love your wife. Love your husband. It just there's numerous things here that teach us how to live a godly life. And all we have to do is obey that. Granted, sometimes it's not so easy. But we must do it. Not that we're going to be saved because of our works, but we're going to be saved because we believe in Jesus Christ. And when we do the works, we then glorify our Heavenly Father. And that's the purpose and reason that we become God's children. is to glorify our Heavenly Father. And when we find ourselves not doing that, brothers and sisters, that's the problem. We need to examine our lives and find out why are we not glorifying our Heavenly Father with, with our own actions. Granted, it's not going to save us from hell, but it is something that we must do. And that is to serve our God. To love one another, serve one another. And as the Bible teaches us, live that kind of a life. And if you just obey the Word, obey the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's not that hard. It's when we try to do things on our own. It's when we got run into problems. When we think we got a handle on things. And we fail. It looks like, oh my, what did I do now? I failed. Yes, we're going to fail. That's, that, that happens. But James says, or John says, if you will confess your faults one to another and repent, God is faithful to heal us. I know I used the excuse for many years. Oh, I don't want to become a Christian. That's too hard. That's too hard. I, 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 I might fail. I might not live that kind of a life. And then, you know, I blew it. No. Don't let, that, don't let Satan convince you of that lie. Because that's what it is. It's a cop-out. And I used it for many years. But don't use it. It's not valid. You need to trust God in all your ways and all your doings. Believe and, and be obedient to His Word. And I believe that if we look into this new year coming, we have another 
perhaps an opportunity, another chance. You need to take it. You need to think seriously about the repercussions if you don't. And where you're going to end up. It's not worth the gamble. It's not worth the chance. And so I would beseech you, those of you that are unconverted, think about what you have heard today. This new year, this new day of another new year. Think about it. And don't let it slide and slide because you don't know when you could be called out of this life. I'd like to ask God to bless the words that have been spoken. May it be to His honor and His glory.